As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. If I could go back in time to when we started Unbounce four and a half years ago, I would kiss myself on the mouth and change nothing. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Joelle Steiniger. And I'm Matt Golden. And we're having 20-minute talks with entrepreneurs teaching you how to launch your product into revenue. Check out our book at howtobuildarocketship.com to reserve your launch discount and to download a free chapter. Today we talked with Ollie Gardner, co-founder of Unbounce. He talks all about the marketing that they did in the early stages to grow their product, and also about the transition that he's making towards being creative director of the company, a role he had before he started. He also talks about the right time to start public speaking and why now is the time for them. 
Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast. We're here with Ali Gardner, the co-founder of Unbounce. Welcome to the program. Uh, thanks, guys. It's great to be here. So take us back to some of um, the early days of Unbounce and, and give us some insight into what it was like to just launch um, for you guys. Yeah. Um, well, we, we started the company. There's six co-founders, which is kind of strange. Um, you don't get that very often. Um, and we've all known each other on and off for the last 14 years. Um, and it just kind of worked out that we weren't working or only working on small things at the same time. So Rick Perot, our uh, CEO, he had two ideas. Uh, clearly, we picked the right one. <laughs> the other one would have crashed and burned, I have no doubt. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, we we did the kind of, uh, we all worked at home for the, the most part, but we had an initial investor who had an office space um, and then used it once a week. So we had it free for four days a week, which was amazing. Um, we launched our, well, actually going back to how we thought this would work. Um, Rick was always saying, oh, all, we, all we need for this is you, you throw an image up there, put a headline and a button on it. There's a landing page. Perfect. That's all, that's all we need to do. Um, yeah, not even close. Uh, so I think we launched our beta. We started August 2009. And then I think it was March 2010, we, we launched our first beta, um, which was super scary because it was so, so obviously MVP. Um, you couldn't even put a form on the page, you know, for gathering leads, doing any of that kind of stuff. For a landing page? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it pretty much was, you know. I mean, it was a, it still had a, it was the drag and drop WYSIWYG editor, um, but there wasn't much that you could actually drag and drop onto the page. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of feedback were you getting then? And, and how did you guys get past that since you were a, a landing page generator? Yeah, um, people loved it. Uh, but, you know, we do... We started off doing a weekly demo. We'd get people uh, in the industry around Vancouver to come down, uh, Friday beers, and we'd show them what was going on. And they're all like, yeah, this is amazing, but completely unusable right now <laughs> until you put forms on there and, you know, let me send my leads somewhere. Um, yeah, and uh, I... One so, of the biggest, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to ask, did you start um, local? Was that a, a strategy for you guys? Um, no. Uh, I mean, we started content marketing like from, the, from day one. So, you know, wherever our inbound sources were, we got, I, I wish I knew where our first customer was from. I should have, <laughs> I should have looked into that. Um, but it's interesting you say that starting locally, we've just started really pushing hard to get the Vancouver scene to know who we are and what we're doing because everybody assumed we were in the Valley um, for the longest time. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I was curious because um, bringing people into the office and, and kind of talking to them, it, mm -hmm. I could see how that could be incredibly beneficial at the beginning. So I was just, I was yeah, wondering perfect. if that's how you guys started or if it was through content. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of both. So we started the blog the day we started the company, essentially. Um, and I became a marketer the day we started the company <laughs> as well. <laughs> I hadn't done that before. <laughs> so that was, that was an interesting change. Uh, but the nice thing was with six co-founders, we could do everything. There wasn't anything for the company we couldn't do. Um, so we didn't have to hire for like 18 months. So it was a very diverse skill set. Yeah, you, you guys started as a medium size. Start up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
Um, so in terms of the, the content in the early days, what kind, what was kind of your first success with content where you realized this is really going to work and I can do this? Yeah, I would say there are two main things. Um, the first thing was we put the website up and we're like, okay, well, we need to gather some leads so we can market to people. Um, you know, when we launch our beta, we need people to actually show up. So we're like, okay, we need an ebook. And there were some grumbles like, oh, really? We're going to spend two weeks writing an ebook? Like, what a waste of time. Um, so I held a brainstorm, two hours. I, I figured out, uh, it was 101 landing page optimization tips. Uh, so I broke it down into 14 chapters. So I had 14 questions for the brainstorm. Stickies all over um, one of our apartments. Then I just rolled them up, went home, pulled an all-nighter, came back the next day with, with an ebook. So wow. it didn't take well, two weeks. It just did like crap. but uh so i guess that was the first piece and that was our lead gen mechanism for the you know for months that was just on you know the homepage had that on there so you could get that and that Um, was behind an email yeah okay yeah um i think it it was probably first name and email that's all we had yeah um and then i started guest posting well i was blogging a lot on i probably did one blog post a day on our blog initially and then started the guest posting, um, Moz being the biggest thing. Okay. The uh, noob guide to online marketing was uh, a gigantic six-month marketing course. It Basically, it was documentation of how I became a marketer. Um, so in six months, you could go from nothing to where I was at. And it was a giant infographic. And it took me a few months to do that one because um, I'm a slow designer. So um, how did that relationship kind of come about? Did they approach you? Was it something that you're like, I have this content and I think it would be perfect on your blog? Um, I think at some point we started having a relationship with, with Moz. That sounds weird. Um, uh, Rick and Rand somehow got in touch with each other. I think Rick probably just reached out. Um, so that started the relationship. He, when Rand was in Vancouver, we'd, you know, we'd meet and we'd talk. That's his, his advice. They're kind of like our big brother. Um, similar business model, and they're a few years ahead of us. So we look to them a lot to see what they've gone through and where they're going um, to inform some things we should do. So after that, I don't know the reason why I did the first one. I think I checked out their blog, and it, it was an amazing community. It's the best I've ever seen in the world. It's phenomenal. So I did an original post first. Um, which is the 12-step landing page rehab program. Um, and then chatting with Rand, he said, so you're going you're gonna to do another one? I said, yes, and it's going to be epic. <laughs> so <laughs> as soon as I committed to that, oh my gosh, <laughs> so it has to be epic. But that's that's kind of how I approach life in general. I tell everybody what I'm going to do, so then I have to do it. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. Yeah, I, I mean, you started with 101 tips books. <laughs> I might have started with 20, but... <laughs> um, so we released our first chapter, um, it was written by Joelle, on landing pages. I would love to hear um, 
some of the biggest mistakes people make and, and the what you're trying to create correct um, with your education um, when when approaching a landing page. Right. Um, hmm. Just well, one of the problems is that they're just so awfully designed and, and just people ask for the simplest thing is that the main the fundamental reason why you use a landing page um, for a marketing campaign is that it has one purpose, right? One page, one purpose. There's nothing to do in there apart from your campaign goal. People send traffic to home pages or they design pages like their home page where there's, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 things to do. Mm. So the attention ratio, which is the ratio of things you can do to the ratio of, to the number of things you should do is super high. Um, on a landing page, it should be one-to-one. So a lot of, a lot of people I see that they'll, they'll put a form for capturing leads at the top for a certain reason, maybe for an ebook. Then they'll have a button to click through somewhere else, and then they'll have a newsletter sign up at the bottom, and that's just too much. You know, you got to guide people. people. People, whether they know it or not, like to be guided. Interesting. So, um, when you're, you guys kind of focus on uh, the single use. I, I noticed like Kiss Metrics used it specifically for their webinar, right? Um, right yeah. How? how do you kind of approach someone like Kissmetrics and get them to, to try this? Or did they come to you through your content and say, Hey, we need something to promote our webinar. Yeah. I'm, uh, I think they were a customer. Um, and so they, uh, went ahead and started using, um, us for their webinars and then they contacted us and we did a webinar together, I believe. Um, and, we actually borrowed some, well, it's, I'm just trying to remember the history. Um, they definitely did it first. And then Ryan Ingley, our uh, director of customer success, he started putting one together. Initially, it was just a, we used the GoToWebinar registration page, which is it's unflexible. You can't change it. Um, looks terrible. And it converted around 20% for us. Um, then eventually, a uh, year and a half ago, there's a company called Zapier they came on the scene and they connect tools to tools basically. So we integrate with them so you can connect unbounce and the leads you gather directly with hundreds of different apps. So they had an integration with GoToWebinar so we could use our own landing pages for that and Kissmetrics started doing the same thing. And now our conversion rates are 70%. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So do That's- you see a difference in, um, I like when I look at, there's, at a lot of the landing pages, there's um, you're, you're collecting multiple form fields. Do you find that there's a kind of a sweet spot to the amount of information that you can collect on a landing page? Um, it depends who is coming to them. I mean, what we uh, if you're marketing to leads you already have that are used to your content, like we have a very specific, very content driven um, our leads list that it's completely. Uh, content driven so they're very receptive um that's why they they convert so high but yeah you can get away with a lot more than you think when you're when you're doing this kind of thing we we just had three form fields all the time for our webinar or ebook um registration pages and uh last week we just add another couple of drop down fields on there to ask you know more qualification questions nothing changed hmm Interesting. Exact same conversion rate. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so you guys, uh, you've kind of built the business off content. Is that safe to say? 
I would say content and uh, integrations with different platforms. Oh, talk to us a little bit about some of those integrations and and what has kind of moved the needle for you there. Um, mm-hmm. um, the first integration we did was with Mailchimp, so the you know the leads you're gathering could go straight into your your email system. And that was huge. There's a m- massive correlation between the customers we have and the customers they have. Uh, so you know we we built an integration with their platform, which then they blog about and you know so their their customers found out about and we got so many customers from that um yeah if you look at the 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 count of number of companies integrating with our different the different tools we connect with mailchimp is just far and away the runaway uh winner on that there's thousands of people that have done that wow so yeah that was when you uh integrated with them for the first time did they do anything to promote you or was that all on your end um, they did a post about it, a fairly technical post, um, on their blog. They didn't email their, their customers. Um, but at that point <laughs> we were getting one or two customers a day. So all of a sudden when we went to 10, we're like, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> we love MailChimp. <laughs> yeah. That is, so, um, how did that work with getting them to write about it? Did you just ask them or, uh, was it something that they had kind of a vested interest in putting out there? Yeah, no, they did. Um, I think we just told them that we'd done this and they just went ahead and did it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very they cool. They were quite pleased by it. So you have recently started transitioning into more of a public role. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about where you guys are are taking some of your marketing. Yeah. Um, well, you know, my role is, well, it used to be director of marketing. Um, and then a couple of years ago, uh, I hired Georgiana Lodi. She, that's her role now. And I switched to creative director, which is a role I had before we started the company. Um, but now, yeah, I, I'm moving away from that. Um, partly because I'm a terrible manager <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, to get more into the public speaking space, we've always known it would be a great idea, but I was just, you know, chicken shit. Um, you know, and, and also I think the more testing I do to validate the ideas I have um, for marketing, the more confident I became because then, you know, there's not that fear of being called out because sure. I actually had, you know, stuff to back it up. Um, and, you know, we, we've had employees in the past that went and spoke at conferences and it was always amazing. We'd get so many customers when they did that. So, you know, I've, I've been ramping up. I started doing some voiceovers for screencasts. Then I did uh, a 10 minute uh, video camera and face kind of thing. Um, and now I just spoke at two of our customer meetups, one here and one in Seattle. So that was my first and second time public speaking. Um, but it, it went really well. The The second one in Seattle, we ha- actually did it in the, the new Moz office, the Mozplex. Oh, nice. It's incredible down there. I yeah. bet. We, we only had like 40 people there. Um, our customer base isn't as big in Seattle. Um, but uh, their stage is... Uh, it's giant, right? This massive room that can handle in two directions, maybe 500 people. And there's this big stage in the corner. So it kind of looks off in both directions with two giant projecting projector screens and, uh, and a couple of rows of people just sitting at the front. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, can you hear me at the back? <laughs> yeah. Put your mic down. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but that went really well. Uh, I felt more confident. And now I'm speaking and moderating two sessions at HeroConf in Austin at the end of April. And I'll be speaking at a, a Minnesota Search Summit in Minneapolis in June. Um, yeah. So what are you talking about at the conferences? That's a good question. <laughs> what are you um, preaching? It'll, <laughs> it'll be uh, the one at um, HeroConf is a landing page critique, which is something I'm very used to doing. That's what I do at the meetups as well. I you know give a kind of a roasting of some of our customers' pages. Um, so yeah, I'll be doing a live. I'm on a panel, so I think we'll be you know collectively doing some critiques, and then there'll be you know a panel Q and A after that. But in Minnesota, I will be talking about conversion center design. So the kind of theory I have around that. And how are you guys measuring um, some of the success of going and, and speaking? Uh, there's a metric called serendipity. <laughs> <laughs> that's scientific. That's, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, it's, it's kind of a case of when great stuff happens, great stuff happens. Um, don't know. Well, when people sign up, we do have a field for how did you hear about us? Um, and one of those things is at an event or something. So, and people are very good at filling that out. So that's that. And just observing on the day, you know, what, what the volume is like, um, that'll be kind of it. Um, unless we do any kind of promotion around the event and we'll have, you know, a coupon code or something there. So we'll be able to measure it that way, but it depends how we're going to market it. So we um, we're often focused on kind of those early stages, and I'd be curious to get your opinion on um, what you guys would do differently. Is is like uh, going out and speaking something that you would have done um, at the early stage, or is this something that you feel like you have the marketing under control now, and this is the next logical step in in terms of your your marketing channels? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think I'm just getting logged out here. Um, I definitely think it would be great to have started that from day one, the speaking. Well, it, it, once we had a little bit of a name, um, Rick spoke at LeedsCon, um, which is a fairly big conference, uh, maybe about a year in. Um, but yeah, having having someone willing to do that would have really accelerated things, I think. Um, in terms of what we change, um, it's, it's funny because you know, knock on wood or whatever, we've had a very smooth path in terms of growth. I mean, we've doubled in, in revenue and, and uh, um, employee count the last two years in a row. Um, and it looks like we're going to do even better than that this year. So not an awful lot, but I, I, I tweeted the other day, um, if I could go back in time to when we started Unbounce four and a half years ago, I would kiss myself on the mouth and change nothing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I was thinking last night though um, about this, and I think I would, I would love to have better record keeping of what we did. Mm. You know, all the things that worked and didn't work. Um, you know, all I really have, I guess we, you know, we can look back through emails, but and I have a bunch of. I still have a pile of napkins that sits sit on a shelf at home from our initial like design sketches and you know wireframes. So I think that's something that might need to get framed at some point. <laughs> but yeah, it would have been great to have a you know a videographer, you know, follow us around or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hindsight and cash are twenty twenty. <laughs> in the in the product, do you do anything 
to show people, like you're talking about doing these homepage teardowns in person. Mm-hmm. Do you do anything in the product to say, hey, you're getting fewer signups than most people in this category do? Maybe you should try taking out some of this copy or using a video. Um, is there anything like that built in or do you do personal reach outs to people? Um, yeah, there's nothing built in. It's something we've wanted to do forever, but you know, it gets knocked around and knocked back based on, you know, product roadmap kind of priorities. But I would love that. What I do have in the back end, I have acts, well, actually, no, I have to get them to do it manually, but every now and then I'll get them, uh, the dev guys to give me about 3000 landing pages from our customers. And I'll just sit there and kind of click through them, like looking looking for uh, interesting ones. And then I'll reach out to the people who did them and say, hey, do you mind if I do a critique of this? Um, it'll, be on, it'll be a blog post. Um, you know, I try and bunch 20 to 30 together and then do a big post about that. That's, that's the main way. So it's a fairly manual process. I'd love to have something more automated in there that pays attention to their tests or just their conversion rate in general and says, Hey, looks like your test is doing really well or something. Would you like to submit it for a, a case study? Something like that. So we're going to try an MVP of something like that soon, hopefully. Yeah, because it seems like the better that their pages do, the more likely they are to stick around and keep creating mm-hmm. pages. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Versus yeah, having a... I think that's true of any product. If you can yeah. make your customer look awesome or feel awesome, yep. they're going to stick around. Yeah, Definitely. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. Um, You're welcome. Thanks for asking me. <laughs> where can we keep up with you um, and you and Unbounce? Yeah, um, Twitter is big for us. Um, I'm Ollie Gardner, so O-L-I-G-A-R-D-N-E-R, um, and Unbounce, obviously. Uh, we're very responsive um, on social. Um, the blog as well. I don't write for the blog as much as I used to. Um, but yeah, I'd say Twitter is probably the best place. Also, I'm completely open to, you know, contact. I share my email all the time. It's ollieunbounce.com. So anyone wants to reach out, I don't mind that at all. I welcome it. Awesome. And um, anything in particular that uh, you would say would be really beneficial for someone to write you about that you could, you know, you wouldn't mind um, sharing a a discourse on? Um, if, If they're, you know... If they're maybe if they're a startup or something and they're they're going through their marketing process or they're about to and they you know they want to talk about uh, a good way of approaching that or some of the things that we were successful in things like that or if they uh, they want to get a page critiqued you know they can they can fire that over <laughs> awesome yeah <laughs> no that's a that's an amazing opportunity yeah to to anyone listening um, I know I used to listen to Andrew Warner uh, a couple mm-hmm. years back and every episode he would say to email the guest and thank them just to, you know, start talking and, um, you know, get your name in different people's inboxes, start learning from people. Mm -hmm. And I never did until about a year ago, we started to just, if we had a question, we would email someone and ask, or we'd ask them on Twitter and everybody says, yes, everybody helps out. So you just got to open invitation from Ollie to start talking with him and learn all about everything he knows from marketing. You should totally do that. Yeah, absolutely. I will. I will. Uh, I welcome that. Um, one thing I say, I said this in another interview. Um, whenever you, you you meet someone, ask them one question, answer ten. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Rap music. Awesome. Cool. Thanks Rap so much, Ollie. Yeah, you're very welcome. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you haven't yet, pop open iTunes and subscribe to be notified of future episodes. We have some really great ones lined up. And while you're there, leave us a review. We really appreciate each and every one of them. They said stop and try to frisk. I said, well, this suck my dick. I ain't white, but I know my rights. And you full of shit. I'm a big belly rude boy. I'm a fast for the Hindu. Stinky, sticky, icky. I'm smoking on that mildew. Thick black chest hair. Fat gold chains. Somewhere out in traffic stand flipping cocaine. My cousin on the field, he tend to poppy all day. He ma, he a fiend. He friends with poppy on Broadway. She like, ain't that you with the Muslims? You and Rizwan be moving things. It's a crew in them, what you do with them? True and sin, the bluest man. Yeah, mama said they was the Taliban. Hang around in alleys and rally them. Ain't that what they said about the Italians? Come, Mr. Talent Man. Come, Mr. Talent Man. Come, Mr. Talent Man. From Ghana to Uganda, you a Ghana. I'm your father. Ain't nobody hotter. The devil is some Prada. The Pope is some Gucci. A baby wearing Nada. Sweatshop boys, and we hot as Benny Lava. Hot as Benny Lava. Hot as Benny Lava.